0: Hello, everyone. Crypto traders around the world, Crypto Talk Radio, Basic Cryptonomics is back with another episode. Thankful for you joining us here today. Let's kick this off real quick. Won't take us long. We got a couple bits and bulbs to get out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. CryptoTalkRadio.net is the site. You can check out all of our various episodes, download, listen. We appreciate if you'd spread the word. The more people that we get listening to our show and our various episodes, the more people we get on board with what we're doing, the greater we can be, the more we can serve you. We appreciate you. We appreciate any word that you can spread as well. And CryptoTalkRadio.net continues to be updated. We are adding content constantly until we are satisfied with the outcome. So keep tuned on that same channel for more and more to come in the future. And we will let you know anytime that we make any changes that are significant, at least, or anything that's new launched. Of course, our tribe membership in the upper right corner, click that, and it'll let you know about the different plans that we have available if you want to support the show. Keep us doing what we're doing. Pass up us a little bit of money. It's not a lot, but you get a lot of value for each of those tiers. Check that out at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Let's go ahead and get into our internal news for today. Music. Hopefully everybody out there listening is enjoying the pumps that we're getting fresh off of the announcement coming out of the FOMC of the rate increase, which has created somewhat of a bullish sentiment. And now we will create some levels of resistance that we need to test. Now comes the hard part. We have to see if it's sustained. We have to see if we can maintain this level of growth or if, you know, again, the president goes up there and says something that tanks it again, or one of these other orgs craps and burns. We don't know, but, for now, enjoy it for what it is. And I'm going to stress it again, and I know it sounds like neater, 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 do, do, do. it's not because I'm trying to simply set a precedent of consistent messaging, and I want to make sure that I say the same thing over and over again so that it's clear that I repeatedly have said so, and hopefully you come back and get my credit uh, of the fact that I am called these out because I stress again, if you were one who bought in when Ethereum was about 980 bucks, you're almost double now what you would have been in. That's a lot. And it's more than you would have ever have made on any of the mean tokens, any of the garbage tokens. It's significantly more because it's where the wealth was going to come back. As I said, if you bought into Bitcoin, you probably didn't make that much unless if you bought significant amounts of it, like you'd have to buy, you know, probably six figures of it to see a significant return, in my opinion. With Ethereum, it's different. Ethereum went so low that we knew it was going to go back up. We knew it was going to come back strong. And if you bought at that base, you were sitting pretty in how much you would have made. So if you did buy per suggestion, you might consider doing so. You made a pretty penny and I celebrate and, and I'm happy for you being able to do that in return. Just make sure you spread the word crypto But now we have to see if we sustain this pump Let's see if we sustain this climb. a number of things are starting to come up now <laughs> And they're going to really test whether or not this is going to truly sustain. And we need to see where we go in the future. And some of this ties to this whole garbage about the metaverse. I'm going to briefly go through some of these so that we can analyze it, and really give a critical eye to what we're seeing and what we're hearing. And hopefully it means good things. Uh, That's my hope anyway. I don't know that it will or won't. I'm saying I hope that it will be at the top of it. Comparisons have been made very recently that um, BitConnect, which was the one of the biggest scams in the in the modern era, almost four billion dollars of of money lost in this business, and people have made the comparison. You know, with what's happening now with Voyagers and the Celsiuses and everything else, is it at the level of BitConnect? And I argue no. And here's why: Why where Bitcoin, BitConnect, not Bitcoin, BitConnect went south arguably is they knew that it was a scam they knew that it was not it was a house of cards and they knew it wasn't going to sustain they just kept on going with hopium so that's different to me than celsius where they couldn't have known in advance that specifically terra would go in the crapper now they should have been smarter about more diversification in some of these investments yes that's true however that's an honest thing where it's like well we did the best we could we made a bad call Right? and we didn't mean to, and we tried to pay back this loan in good faith, and we're trying to reorg, and we're trying to do things to help keep people's status at least somewhere close to where it should be. I consider that different, way different, than what happened with BitConnect. BitConnect was a knowing house of cards. I would argue that SafeMoon was a knowing house of cards, and many others are a knowing house of cards. You knew that this was going to crap, and you ultimately just said, let's let it ride and see where we go with this for now. Because for now it's up, and for now it's we're enjoying it, and we're enjoying all these pumps, and let's go. And that was to me bit connect, and the reason I'm so against others doing it. When you get that unreasonable hype, and there's no fundamentals, it creates unnecessary risk that then damages investors. It's not the ones at the top. It's not the ones who are in the development role who get wrecked. It's really the ones who are investing in these things in good faith. They get wrecked, which is why I don't want to see that, because there's no reason to do it. There's no reason to support it, no reason to allow it. The truth is, it's going to be those mean tokens that are spinning up, sitting over top of the core tokens that are more likely to do that. doesn't mean that all of them do. I'm saying that they're more likely to do it. And it's harder to keep people safe nowadays, because we have tools like the EverRise ecosystem, certainly. But that assumes that these token projects have the right ethics, and they set their pride aside, and they actually use these great tools. Many of these cryptos don't want to use tools like that. They certainly don't want to renounce ownership. They certainly don't want to lock liquidity. They don't want to do some of the things that would make their investors feel safe. They just kind of go forward and go off hope, right? Just hold, just hold. You'll be fine. Just hold, hold, endlessly hold. And the thing is, maybe it turns into something, but maybe it doesn't. And I think, in my opinion, the the era of the shibs of the world where, you know, yeah, you could just hold it for a year. And it turns into millions of dollars. I think it has gone. I believe now you have to be smarter about your trading strategy. You have to consider when to buy and when to sell. Ideally, take profits on the way up. Never trust any token that's really not one of the core, not one of the gas tokens or Bitcoin. I think those are the ones, as I said, that are going to stand the test of time. So if you want stability, it's really found in the core tokens and the gas tokens. It's not found in the garbage tokens that are out there. That doesn't mean that as part of a diverse portfolio that you avoid other types of projects that you want to just take a chance on. Or if you're a straight gambler, by all means. I'm saying that I believe that there are people out there that really want stable investments. They want their portfolio to be reasonably stable because they're trying to count on it for a secondary source of income in an era where inflation's at an all-time high. Now, if I'm wrong on that, you let me know at cryptotalkradio.net. You tell me that you don't care, but I think you care. I think you want to make sure that you got some extra money off on the side, kind of stocked in different things, to help keep things stable because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And we hoped at, at one point that cryptocurrency could be this, but we've seen a lot of them crap. And we've seen ones that simply don't perform the way we expected. And I believe that that's made people a lot more nervous, rightfully so. Well, now, as I said in my last episode, crypto has got to grow up, got to get more mature to do that. Education is critical. We have to educate people on why in my opinion, Sticking with the core tokens as that fundamental for stability should always be part of a portfolio because you can really never go wrong with those. And this is proving out. And as we get to a point of recovery, and for me, because I know someone will ask, for me, for me to see that there's confidence, true confidence, not just a minor pump, but true confidence, I would need to see Bitcoin get to at least $40,000. And you're like, that's a long way. It could be. Yes, that's possible. But you got to understand how much money has been drained out of the system from multiple outlets. And you got to understand that there are people who have done what I'm talking about, which is take profits off these pumps. That means that we don't have the level of money, the level of wealth back into cryptocurrency that we need in order to sustain growth. I want sustained growth. To me, that means there have to be so much coming back into crypto and so much less going out of it that Bitcoin has no choice then to get to a point of like 40,000. Some might say 30. I don't think 30 would sustain. I think 30 would still have some major sell pressure because of how much loss was incurred, especially from some of these big players. I'm looking at 40,000 Bitcoin as my number where I would see that, okay, there's confidence back in this thing. Remember Bitcoin peaked at like 60 grand, possibly a little bit over 60 grand. So 40 grand to me feels like the right number. And that's just a sentiment. It's not based on anything that's hard fundamental. Simply that the number, as I see it fluctuate, like right now, it's fluctuating just shy of 24,000 as I record this. Well, the fact that it's fluctuating as much as it is tells me there's still sell pressure underlying to this. And it's only up like 4%. So that, to me, doesn't scream confidence. It's It screams that we're testing. We're testing whether we can maintain even just this level. Then it's got to go up a couple more levels before we get to a 40,000. If I can get to a $40,000, i am going to feel confident this thing's not going to go hard down. It might have dips, but nowhere near to what we're seeing, in my opinion, unless we have some idiot CEO like the Voyager CEO or the Celsius ones, and they come out and they do whatever, and then it craps it again. That could happen. But it feels like a lot of the money we've finished draining, and now we're adding back tentatively. And if that's the case, it just means we have a climb back to recovery. And you know what it also means? It means that if we maintain green for the next three days, the prediction of Leicester found at CryptoTalkRadio.net will have been spot on in terms of the bull run starting in Q3. Roughly in August, we'd have been spot on with the prediction. And hopefully if that's not incentive enough for you to spread the word and get more people to listen to Leicester and give my credit, I don't know what else I can do. Now, I'm not telling you that I'm this perfect expert in anything. It's all sentiment based on patterns. I watch patterns as an, as an auditor myself, I look for patterns in things and the pattern governs what I'm going to make a call on. Do I always get it right? No, but I did say, first, I thought it would be June. And then all this fiasco happened with the Voyagers and the Celsius of the world. As I said, if there are these factors that crap it again, there's no way I could have known that. But then I realigned and said, Q3 feels right. And this was in June. You can go back to that episode. Here we are in Q3. It started a little bit of pump. I said it was probably too early. It crapped. I said August feels right. We could have another crap because there are unknown factors. But right now we're at the green, right on time. So if it sustains, it means Beister called it, and hopefully that's incentive enough to prove I'm pretty good at this. I'm not. I don't need to go through hardcore, hardcore reviews of graphs and everything for the core token. Certainly I don't. I can look at patterns and tell what's really going on. Watch the news, and then the news gives me some hints as well. Speaking of news, Voyager, finally, the United States government's come out, and they said, and this is uh, FDIC and the Federal Reserve, and FDIC is the organization that insures funds on behalf of depositors. In other words, if you have an account at a bank, your funds are insured by the FDIC, if it's a legitimate bank, that is. And then the Federal Reserve is basically a bunch of p- banks come out and then said, you know what, look, you need to stop saying all these statements, these false statements talking about, you know, people's funds are protected. And I called this out too, that in the terms and conditions that nobody reads, smart companies have been saying, you know what, we don't make any promises that you're going to, your money's going to be safe and it could be lost tomorrow. And, you know, do your own research, et cetera. Apparently the FDIC, specifically FDIC, They were under the impression that statements might have been made that gave customers some assurance that Voyager was FDIC insured or that the money would be protected or that insurance would cover it. I talked about this with one of these tokens. I talked about the Seifu, which is the fund that's used by the Binance.com exchange. And I said that that fund is designed to help reimburse anybody whose investment into that exchange, if there was something where the funds were lost, it's to help recoup those funds and reimburse people. Now, apparently Voyager had made some statements. I didn't see any of these, but apparently they made some statements or references around specifically FDIC, which is kind of weird because everybody knows that they're not FDIC insured. It's no to be FDIC insured is a well-known, well-documented process. What was happening was Voyager had a bank themselves And that bank was located in New York. The bank, because banks do provide FDIC insurance as part of the depository account, the bank was covered, but that doesn't guarantee that the insurance, or excuse me, the investors for the Voyager platform are protected, right? The protection is two different ways. If I have, as an example, if I have my money sitting off at a bank somewhere, and I tell you, I'm going to let you borrow $1,000 from me, so I hand you $1,000. The moment it leaves my account, there is no protection for you. If you put it in your bank and your bank provides you protection, you then get protection from your bank. Just because I happen to broker a loan for you from funds that are under a protected insured account, it's going to leave that account. And when it leaves the account, it's no longer protected. So if there was a statement made that talked about FDIC insured, that's pretty bad. That means you're totally misrepresenting to people. And if nobody vetted that, because that should be obvious, it should be obvious known that that would never have been the case because of the way money moves, right? If what they were implying is that by depositing money into us, we're going to put the money into our bank and that gives it FDIC insurance protection. That's still inaccurate because the insurance protection is for Voyager, not for the, the, the uh, investor, the investor is not protected. And that needs to be clear just because you give. So using my example, if you gave me $1,000 to hold on to and I put it in my bank account, it's FDIC insured, and I tell you, I'll pay you $5 every week or something. Your funds, your thousand dollars are not protected by FDIC for you. They're protected for me as part of the general account. You have no individual protections simply because it's in my account, because it's in my account. The protection is about the account, not the funds. So, If they made such a statement, I didn't see that they did. But if they did, that is hugely misrepresented. And I would like to see, when we talk about smart regulations, stuff like that absolutely crack down on. Like That's one where I would say, no, I want that company shut down. And I want them to be forced to reimburse everybody that was at a loss. Period, point blank. Because that's it's blatantly unacceptable. And I don't know if, again, there was a statement made. Chances are it was represented in a certain way that could have been borderline misleading because they tried to sneak a fast one in there can't say that for a fact but it is what it is my final bit of news there's a new app or act sorry put forth by the government and it's getting a lot of criticism in the smart outlets and i'm going to stress what i mean here so we've talked about on casual talk radio that we have shortages of our semiconductors processing and in crypto talk radio i said that that also affects mining Right, And it affects everything else, but it certainly affects mining. And nobody had tried to do anything about this. This was self-inflicted. We encourage offshoring. Send all our stuff overseas and then cut tens of thousands of jobs to send it all overseas. And then now when there's a crisis, whether it's a war or whatever, now it's hard for us to get our act together. And I said on Casual Talk Radio what we should be doing is forcing all that back to domestic so that we have local presence to do what we need to do for sustainability so that if there is something that happens overseas, we're not left with our pants down with a jar of Vaseline off to the side, right? Well, this bill, and it's bipartisan, so it passed through Congress pretty clean, and what it's trying to do is say, we're going to have some advisory, we're going to talk about blockchain, we're going to talk about cryptocurrency, we're going to talk about innovation, we're going to talk about all this stuff and get back to semiconductor manufacturing get the levels back to where we want them to be. This The criticism on this is around the fact that there's money and it's believed to basically be kind of this bribe or an extortion fee, depending on who you how you perceive it, but it's essentially a bribe. It's essentially saying these companies refuse to ramp up or bring operations over here unless you pay us X. And the bill is making X available to, because we have no choice, because we need to have more in the semiconductor production to resolve all the issues that we have. Like if you think of PS5, PS5 is still scarce to this day. That's a joke. It came out ages ago and hardly anybody can get one because of scalpers and this shortage, but it's also affecting things like tablets and phones and computers and, you know, graphics cards. It's affecting a lot of different things. And unfortunately the current administration sat on it for the duration of 2021. And we're almost at the end of 2022 and they're just now, doing something about it after everybody's already suffered through this. So now they're going to be tossing a bunch of money to try to get this these organizations to ramp the production or bring the production back to domestic so at least we have some production happening locally. Is it a good bill? I don't know that it is or isn't a good bill. That's not for me to say. What I am saying is I'm disappointed that they took so long to do anything at all, number one. Number two, if it's true that all we're doing is basically bribing them to bring stuff back over back overseas, I think that shows weakness. And I think what we should do is simply tell local businesses, you need to restart your semiconductor production, and we will subsidize part of the operational costs for you to do so. In exchange, you will hire everybody who is qualified. You're not going to discriminate against for college degrees. You're not going to do all this picky nonsense. Hire every capable person you can. Anybody who wants to work. And you will train them and you will mentor them because that encourages job growth. Second, it's a sentiment, positive sentiment saying we want you to come back to work. Third, it helps with taxes because we collect taxes for the payroll Four, it helps the business because they can do the ramp up production and minimize their expense because it's partially subsidized. But the subsidy is because everybody needs it. The government themselves need it. So I think they should have taken a better stance is it good they're doing something? Yes. Is it good for cryptocurrency? Yes. But feels like they drug their feet. And it feels like also kind of like double talk because as we get closer to the potential blowout in November, and I'm starting to see people that are supportive of the current administration, bizarrely so, because the current administration has made mistake after mistake that's harmed everybody, as I've said on casual talk. I think this is simply smoke to hide the potential blowout in November. Because if we were to have a blowout in November, we wouldn't have bribes, we'd have threats. It's like, look, you need to do this. It is what it is, or you're going to lose this. And then we would see action. And that would be the right way to do it. In lieu of, I would rather see instead of bribes, that we simply encourage and we subsidize our local businesses and we put conditions around the hiring process to make sure they can't discriminate and get all hands on deck to get this thing done. That's what I would do because it solves multiple different problems. Now, of course... There are people out there that don't like that stance because they don't like big businesses. Well, they're going to get what they pay for in terms of higher prices when they go and shop for something. So, big picture, do I think crypto's in a better spot? Yes. Do I think it's sustained? Yet to be seen. We need to buy some time. Let's see what the next couple of days looks like. Let's see if we keep these pumps all the way through to to August. Rather, let's see how far we can get up, especially with Ethereum. Let's see if we can get Ethereum to $1,800. that would be a good next starting point. Let's see what the resistances look like. For your investments, be thinking about diversity more than you ever have before. Make sure that stability is part of your portfolio. Don't just jump into it. Certainly don't YOLO in any one project. I'm saying make sure to have other projects to help stabilize the overall portfolio rather than just jumping into every single gamble. Now, it's totally up to you what you do with your money, but I would like to see, because we don't know what the future holds, that you focus on a stable portfolio first and foremost. Lastly, and I know it's hard, but try not to stare at the graphs. Don't stare at the graphs. Treat them like they don't matter. Check them once a day just to make sure you're in the loop in case there's something dramatic that happens. Hopefully you're not in too many sketchy projects where they could just rug pull or crap at any time. But if you're in stable investments and you're just making sure that we get back to a point, try to train yourself not to stare at the graphs. Just focus on something else. Focus on your family, Watch some TV. I know TV sucks, but you know what I mean? Uh, You know, do something else. Do something fun. Do something distracting away from the graphs so you're not bothered by this, this volatility. Because the volatility is normal, unfortunately. We're going to be dealing with it for a while, and there's nothing we can do. On a closing note, if you're listening to this and you are a subscriber on our podcast to our alerts and emails, or you just simply stumbled across this from one of our various outlets or whatnot, um i do recommend you check out our site we have a lot of good information there definitely check out our tribe membership we have a lot of great information there we have stuff coming very soon and there's no way you can miss the train but i would like to welcome you to our community so if you are curious about this check out the tribe member on our site cryptotalkradio.net and all the perks you get if you have questions check out our discord channel it's linked on that same page and we have a Few people that are there, as well as myself, and you can ask any questions that you may have as we ramp up to our next level for what our triad's is going to be. And right now is the best time as we get out of this bear period. Hopefully, it's time to hit the ground running and start doing some great things in the future. That'll do it for today's Crypto Talk Radio episode. I want to thank you for listening today. We know you've got choices. CryptoTalkRadio.net If you would, we would appreciate. At the very top, we have a contact form. Fill that out. Let us know what your thoughts are. If we're doing great or something you don't like, we always love to hear from our listeners. If you don't mind spreading the word, we would also appreciate that. If you think other people would benefit from the type of coverage that we do, we work hard to try to be different than every other type of podcaster or YouTuber that's out there. So hopefully we're on track with that finally our youtube channel of course is that basic cryptonomics if you want to find us on there those are dedicated specific exclusive types of episodes so you'll hear things there that you won't hear on the podcast and vice versa check us out there for more quick and dirty coverages until next time take care